It's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Vint with their views as we deploy Operation RetroShock. Have you ever experienced that one defining moment in life? That extraordinary event that captures your heart and lives in your soul until the day you die. For these men and women, WrestleMania is that moment. A 20-foot ring of canvas and steel is their stage and their battlefield. For some, it feels like home. Once inside these ropes, a moment can last for a lifetime. The reward for success can be great, but the price of failure is always devastating. It is on this grand stage called WrestleMania, where dreams become reality, athletes forge legacies, mortals become legends. Hello and welcome to another edition of Operation Retroshock. It is episode 45 and I am your host Alan Price and alongside me is nobody today. Yes, it is just me on my own today. Uh, Chris is busy with work. Um, and as every year around this time, we do a special show. And I thought... It can't be held off any longer. I'll just go on here, record a little something for you all. Yes, it's WrestleMania season, so I'm going to discuss the matches that are not only on the card for this year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 28 in Miami, but I'm also going to have a wee look at the Hall of Fame inductees for this year of 2012. So, we'll kick it straight off here. Um, Hall of Fame 2012. Hall of Fame, one of the biggest honours these guys can ever get in their careers. This year, we don't have as many. There's only a handful, really, of guys going into the Hall of Fame in comparison to previous years. Previous years, we've had, you know, up to, what is it, I think about eight or so on a year. This year, we're at six, so there's less numbers. You could say, Yes, there's technically more people going in because one of the inductees is the Four Horsemen. So, um, we'll kick it off first of all with uh, Mila Mascaras. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. He is the uncle of Alberto Del Rio. Um, he's a famous Mexican luch- uh, luchador even. Uh, he was the first masked wrestler to perform in Madison Square Garden, which is a pretty big feat. Um, I've heard he's also performed in movies and all that sort of stuff, and, but he is one of the biggest uh, Mexican wrestlers of his generation. Um, he is part of the Rodriguez family, you know, which Alberto Del Rio is a part of, and they're apparently one of the biggest wrestling families in Mexico. Um, so, well-known name, the likes of, uh, you know, with Rey Mysterio's uncle and all as well. What is It, it seems very odd that... Um, in Mexico, you don't hear, well, in my opinion anyway, you don't hear a lot of uh, father and son stories when it comes to these guys. You, know, you don't hear it's the son taking over the mantle of uh, the character. It always seems to be the nephews, because obviously Rey Mysterio was the nephew of the original Rey Mysterio. He was Rey Mysterio 
Jr. as a result and only became Rey Mysterio when he actually finally got to WWE. Um, Alberto Del Rio uh, was Dos Caras Jr. Um, it's really, it's really, really odd, as um, you would say, because uh, obviously there was also uh, members of the family that, because uh, Dos Caras was two faces. Millie Mascaris is a thousand masks, so there's tons of them in this family that have been doing it. Um, I'm interested to see what the inductions uh going to be like for him, because obviously he's not one that a lot of us will know a lot about. Um, a wee bit like uh, Antonio Inoki of previous years, you know, you'd have to have followed your Japanese wrestling and all pretty heavy duty to know about him. Um, a wee bit the same with Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah the Butcher is more well known, you know, because uh, of his style than anything else. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see Alberto Del Rio um, doing the induction speech because it's going to be kind of your first experience of Alberto Del Rio probably out of character, so to say. He's going to be very honest and such, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, next up, you have Mike Tyson. It seems that each year now we're getting this sort of, uh, let's put one celebrity into the Hall of Fame. I don't really get it. Um, you've had Pete Rose, um, you've had Drew Carey, all those sort of guys, um, Bob Uecker, um Those guys, I would even... The likes of Bob Uecker and all, I, I, could, I can give it to them. And Pete Rose and all, I can give it to it as well. Because, you know, he got in to the ring and all that sort of stuff. Maybe not in a great deal and such. But we know what, you know, happened. Um, Mike Tyson, I just... I don't really know. Yes, he was in. He got in the ring and we know him for punching out Shawn Michaels and such and being the special enforcer at WrestleMania 14. Um, but is it really worthwhile? Is it more of a publicity stunt? Quite possibly. Um, I think the inductees are um, quite odd. Uh, obviously, yes, you could say odd. Uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. You would have thought Stone Cold would have been more appropriate because, yes... I know this is all out of character and stuff, the Hall of Fame, but, you know, Shawn Michaels was the one who got punched out by him, so it doesn't make a, you know, too much sense to me. I think Stone Cold would have provided a more interesting induction speech. Um, but yeah, I've not much really more else to say about Mike Tyson. Um, if Yokozuna is getting inducted, obviously he's part of the Inoa family, um, you know, famous for you know, Rikishi, Jimmy and Jey Uso, The Rock, The Wild Samoans, etc, etc. Just such a huge lineage. Um, obviously, he's a two-time WEF champion, two-time WEF tag team champion with Owen Hart. What a hell of a tag team combination. And he also, if memory serves, was it the... I think he won the 1993 Royal Rumble. Um, this is very much deserved, I think, because for what being one of the biggest guys, if not, he would probably be the biggest guy to ever step foot in a WWE ring, uh, WWE ring, it's, it is really well deserved, and obviously we remember him for so many things, obviously there's other occasions where he had to get carted out of the ring and stuff like that, but obviously there was the time that 
there was controversy with the whole Bret Hart situation again, and you know whether Bret's stories are the truth or not, and the fact that uh, you know the Hulk Hogan situation where Bret dropped the title to Yokozuna and Hulk Hogan beat Yokozuna. It's it's going to be a good one, I think, and it's cool that. Um, Jimmy and Jey Uso are actually going to be the ones that are inducting him because uh, a lot of people are expecting it to be The Rock simply because it was in Miami that it would uh, be a big draw to have The Rock as the inductor but it's nice to see the youngsters get you know, the chance to not only really get the TV time um, but to have the ability to actually express their feelings about a member of their family um, and you'll probably see you know shots in the crowd of the likes of Rikishi and other members of the family as well. But yeah, definitely going to be very well deserved for Yokozuna. Uh, next one has been a long time coming in my opinion and that is for uh, Ron Farouk Simmons even. Uh, he's being inducted by John Bradshaw Layfield. Obviously they were the Acolytes, the Acolytes Protection Agency. Um, he is the first African American World Heavyweight Champion, winning the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Um, we know him mainly as Farouk in his WWE days. Um, he kind of transferred into being Ron Simmons later in his career. Uh, he is a three-time tag team champion in WWE. Um, he not only deserves this for blazing the trail for uh, African Americans by being the first African American World Heavyweight Champion which is totally deserved in its own right this um, but he provided so much entertainment for everybody during the Attitude Area alone with Bradshaw some of their skits are absolutely fantastic you just have to remember back and seeing the door with no walls either side of it and all that sort of stuff and people w walking around the door and them telling them to go back knock the door and come in the door it's such simple things provided such entertainment with these guys um, obviously I'm including Bradshaw on that and I think Bradshaw will eventually be a Hall of Famer someday down the line um, because he alone as well you know he went from just being a you know a hardcore title guy and a tag team title guy to really creating a completely different style of character and getting you know getting himself the push to a world title. Um, but yeah, Ron Simmons really really deserved of this, and it will be fantastic to see him take his place in the Hall of Fame. Next up uh, to our penultimate one. Uh, is the Four Horsemen to be inducted by the American Dream Dusty Rhodes now obviously this is providing a little bit of controversy and interest obviously the Four ho Horsemen were one of the top stables in the 1980s uh, you could probably say reaching their peak about 1988 uh, when they controlled all three major NWA championships the world, the United States and the tag team um, it isn't the Four Horsemen as an entity going in. It isn't every single member of the Four Horsemen going in. Um, WWE have went through and they've 
picked out who they want to be classed as the four horsemen going into the Hall of Fame. The individuals being Double A. Arn Anderson to start. This again has been a long time coming. Arn Anderson, I have been shocked, has not been put in in previous years. Maybe the reason behind that is that they planned this for quite a while that they wanted to put the four horsemen into the Hall of Fame, which is why they held off actually putting Arn in. Um, but then the argument can be put that another member of the Hall of Fame um, who is a member of the Four Horsemen has previously been put into the Hall of Fame. Um, but Arn Anderson, absolutely ring general. Such a shame that his career didn't last longer due to injuries and such. Um, you've then, you've Toby Blanchard going in. Uh, you have, as I mentioned, the previous inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, Ric Flair. So he will be the first person to be classed as a double inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. This is where I'm saying there's been a wee bit of controversy. Is that everybody's like, is he going to appear? Is he going to appear? Because obviously, um, Ric Flair's under contract with TNA. And this is the first time we're really going to see a TNA guy be on full-blown camera up on the stage at a WWE event. Now apparently the WWE and TNA had to broker some sort of deal for this. What that entails we do not know as such yet but from the whispers that are going about is that it'll have to be mentioned that Ric Flair is someone under TNA contract. So whether we will see him referred to simply as TNA superstar Ric Flair, or there will actually be a promotion during the ad breaks or something off the Hall of Fame on USA Network, um, that we will have to see. But um, it's good that TNA and WWE managed to come to a deal for this and to have him appear because it wouldn't, you know, kind of wouldn't be right that you've you're inducting the four horsemen, uh, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Ric Flair himself, Barry Windham and J.J. Dillon, uh, that you would have those other guys there, you'd have Double A, you'd have Tully, you'd have Barry Windham, you have J.J., but then you don't have Ric Flair on stage with them. It just really wouldn't be right. Um, but it's good that they've worked it out and he will be there uh, for the Hall of Fame. Uh, that is going to be a uh, good one. Uh, I'm looking forward to some of the stories from Dusty because obviously Dusty and the Four Horsemen had many run-ins over the years uh, because obviously Dusty being the American dream, he is the uh, son of a plumber, all that sort of stuff, um, and Ric Flair being the nature boy, uh, flying in jet planes, riding in limousines and all that sort of stuff. They were the complete opposites. So thus that created friction and run-ins for these characters and the stable back in the day. Uh, finally, our last inductee of the Hall of Fame of 2012 is 
Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, or The Edge, as he was referred to in the WrestleMania press conference by, I think it was the some sort of chief executive of WWE. You'd think he would know the name of one of their prior acts like, wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, Edge is being inducted into the 2012 Hall of Fame. Um, this is kind of a wee bit of a shock to me, um, probably not to others, I would have thought it would have been better to hold this off for at least a couple of years. It just seems too soon for me because he's not even been gone an entire year. He will be gone a year this WrestleMania. Um, But it just... To be inducted that quickly for what was someone who was an active competitor and not to put it badly in terms of, yes, Eddie Guerrero got inducted very quickly, but he he had died, he'd passed away. You know, Edge, yes, unfortunate circumstances in that he has really, really bad neck issues, and if he took a bad bump again, that would be him, he'd be paralysed and such. Um, I get that, um, but still, he's alive. Um, you would have think it would have been better to hold this off for a couple more years, or even, well, when we originally were discussing this a while back, uh, the thoughts were that WrestleMania 29 was going to be in Toronto, and everybody's like, "Well, hold it off for an extra year, and you know he can be inducted in Toronto." Uh, but obviously now we know WrestleMania 29 is going to be in New Jersey. Uh, fingers crossed that I will be able to go to that. All things permitting, um, meet up with some of the guys, the likes of Mike Lacey and such, because that's in his back garden. It's in his territory. Um, that would be fantastic. But anyway, back to the subject at hand, Edge. Um, he does deserve it. No, don't get me wrong. He does deserve a place in the Hall of Fame. It's just all a matter of time. You see that it's a case of, you look back at previous Hall of Fames, and you're like, well, they had to wait years to get their opportunity. You know, the likes of be it Roddy Piper, be it Hulk Hogan. Yes, you could argue the fact that there was a big gap in Hall of Fames in terms of, uh, there was Hall of Fame ceremonies in 94, 95, 96, and then it jumped to 2004. Um, and that would be the reason why certain people haven't been inducted until later. But still, you kind of feel like you have to earn your place in terms of waiting your time. Yes, you've paid your dues, etc., but still, just think of it as like a slow build. Like, first story, slow build the story, and then when it comes around and they're actually announced, say, uh, in the Hall of Fame, it means so much more. You know, he's a four-time WWE champion, seven-time World Heavyweight champion. He's won Money in the Bank twice, technically. Uh, 2010 Royal Rumbler. Rumbler? Fit me. Royal Rumble. Uh, He's held not only the WWE Tag Team Championships, but the World Tag Team Championships for a combined 14 times. More than any other wrestler. It is insane. You could think how many titles Edge would have had if his career had kept going. Now, I know from interviews, mind, he has said that he thinks that this year probably would have been his last year anyway. Uh, He's been saying that the plan was that... uh, Obviously, in his last WrestleMania, that he would face Christian. That's that's a given. That's to be expected. Um, best friends, tag team partners, etc. Um, he said his contract was due to end at WrestleMania this year. Um, so then he would wait and see 
then, whether he would keep going or not, whether he would feel that his body was up to it. Obviously, that was effectively taken out of his hands after last year's WrestleMania and his match against Alberto Del Rio. Um, and for the better, thank goodness, that uh, it, would, it would be something we wouldn't have wanted to see this as another one of those sort of horror stories along the lines of you know an Eddie Guerrero situation where um, you turn on uh, your computer and you go on the WWE.com and you see after maybe a house show or something silly like that uh, edge paralyzed you know broken neck something like that that you just don't need another situation like that um, so luckily enough uh, the wellness of he, you know him will be secured for the future that he will not have to take a bump anymore. It's kind of a similar situation to obviously um, Stone Cold. Stone Cold had serious neck issues as well and obviously Stone Cold did a wee bit more. He had knee issues and all that sort of stuff and we know the stories of prior to WrestleMania 19 with Austin and ending up in the hospital and such. Um, but you don't know where the, what the future will hold for Edge, whether he could come back in years to come, you know, be 10 years down the line for a one-off match, maybe a tag team match or something like that. Because obviously we're getting rumblings of Austin saying he might have the strength in his neck and his body to do one more match, potentially at next year's WrestleMania. Rumblings of him and CM Punk potentially having a match, which, which would be pretty awesome. But yeah, back to uh, the main focus being the Hall of Fame. Um... I think TV wise, I think the obvious ones to put on would be Edge, Four Horsemen, and uh, Ron Simmons. But I could see them potentially putting Yokozuna in there instead of Ron Simmons, just to be a wee bit different. Um, but I can see them ending up dropping one of the big names. So I could see having maybe Edge, the Four Horsemen, and then not getting Ron Simmons or Yokozuna, and then up with Mike Tyson because it's TV, and Mike Tyson will attract numbers simply because he is Mike Tyson, the man that used to be the baddest man on the planet until he got that ungodly tattoo on his face. So yeah it's going to be a good Hall of Fame ceremony it's always something worthwhile uh, when it comes to buying the Wrestlemania DVDs be it in DVD or Blu-ray um, it's always the bonus disc and it is one of the most enjoyable things about buying the Wrestlemania set is that you get the full uh, Hall of Fame. You don't get the WWE edited for TV stuff. Um, because obviously in the last couple of years, things have got more and more you know, drained in terms of uh, quality with the Hall of Fame because in years gone by, when Ric Flair himself was uh, inducted on his own, he, uh, let's just say, went on for quite some time. And uh, I think WWE after that kind of thought we're going to tone this all down because you were able to see it in the Hall of Fame when you had the likes of Jack and Jerry Briscoe and all they were pretty much rushed through their entire acceptance speeches and everything. So hopefully because because we've kind of less inductees this year, you know, excluding the members of the Four Horsemen, that we'll get a wee bit of extra time. Um, to hear what everybody has to say because you know that the likes of uh, JBL will have some hilarious stories to tell about Ron Simmons because JBL is the sort of guy 
that can reel off so many stories it's unbelievable um, if you've watched his YouTube ch uh, channel you will understand what I'm talking about he can speak about almost anything for an age um, but yeah that'll do for the Hall of Fame we will go to a little break and then we will come back and uh, discuss the matches of Wrestlemania 28 itself See you after the break. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retroshock with Crazy Cool Chris Vent and Awfully Awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. Hi guys, I'm Brock from Pokemon. Remember, I went traveling with Ash and Misty. I'd rather travel back in time with Alan and Chris on Operation Retroshock. <laughs> Maybe they'll be girls. Hey guys, I'm Rob Bass from Not Mitten Box, and you're with Chris Vince and Alan Price, and this is Operation Retroshock, only on the Pop Culture Network. Whoa! Cowabunga, dudes! Michelangelo here from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just kicking it in the old turtle lair here with my buds, my pizza, and listening to Operation Retroshock. Whoa, just like you! Retroshock! Turtle power! It is now time to discuss the actual matches of WrestleMania 28. Coming to you from Miami, Florida. Um, excuse that. That was that was awful. Um, <laughs> uh, 
this is looking like an you know what you would class as an okay to good style WrestleMania. And there's some matches as you usually get in WrestleMania that you're like, uh, really, do I really have to go through this to what you know get to the good matches and such? But you always have them in WrestleMania. Um, then you have your sort of ones that are like, oh, you know, I'll watch them. I'm not that fussed, but I'll watch them. Uh, sort of ones. Um, it's also cool. I get to say that uh, somebody we know, Healy, at uh, Healy the Tiny on Twitter. If you're interested, uh, you can follow her over WrestleMania weekend. She's going to access and all that sort of stuff. So she's over there at the minute and relaying me info and all that sort of stuff. She met Beth Phoenix and all that sort of stuff last night. Um, so you can follow her if you're looking for any juicy gossip at the minute for uh, over the WrestleMania weekend. Um, but we'll get things started here. Um, not going in any particular uh, match sort of order, but we'll probably go in sort of matches I'm interested in the least to matches I'm interested in the most sort of order. Yeah? That okay? Yep, okay, we'll do that. Um, first one then, Kelly Kelly and Maria Menounos versus Beth Phoenix and Eve Torres. Yeah. Your thoughts are exactly the same as mine, aren't they? Why? Um, it's pretty much exactly what we got last year. Let's have the Divas in a tag team match and throw in a celebrity. Or not even a celebrity. Someone who's just on TV. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know. Maria Menounos um, may be more of a celebrity than I know. I've heard she's on Dancing with the Stars uh the version of Strictly Come Dancing in the UK. Um, so she's obviously at least C-list, would you say? Uh, of a celebrity. But uh, unfortunately she means nothing to us lot over here in the UK. I have no ideas. Um, I'm assuming she's some sort of TV host or stuff like that from what I've seen on WWE television. Um, she's pretty much in the sort of snooky position of let's put the celebrity in the tag team match. Um, obviously this is an all diva tag team match whereas with Snooki it was a mixed gender uh, six man um, so Maria Menounos is teaming up with uh, the gorgeous Kelly Kelly uh, to face off against the Glamazon Beth Phoenix and the Hosky Eve Torres I must say that has actually become quite an interesting wee thing here in the build up to this match the story between Zack Ryder John Cena and Eve Torres obviously John Cena is now Shot off from that to go, f- uh, and you know, from his storyline uh, to the Rock um, a while ago. But there's, you know, they're trundling along here with this little, you know, Eve Torres and Zack Ryder. Is she playing him? Is she not? Sort of thing. Um, she's got a very interesting heel character going on. I think it's very, very sinister. It's just she can play it off in her face very very well. She can put the expression across really really well. Um, Just the pouting and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be cool to see going forward just where the Eve Torres character goes because she needed a hell of a change. Like she'd been a face 
what, her entire time in the company since the diva search. So it was about time for her to get, you know, shook up, so to say, and uh, flip sides from being a face to a heel. Um, but the weird thing again is just like, what what have they done to Natalia? Beth and Natalia were the you know the divas of destruction and all that sort of stuff, and Nat- Natalia's just kind of got thrown to the wayside and you know left to do her farting gimmick on SmackDown and not even now because she's not even on TV all that much. Um, it would have been a smarter thing to have continued the build for the Divas of Destruction for the rest of last year and into this year. Um, keep them strong and have Beth Phoenix and Natalia in this match to face off against Kelly Kelly and Maria Menounos. Um, because there there'd been rumblings about the potential, you know, falling out in character of Beth Phoenix and Natalia and then having those two go into a Divas title match because obviously they kind of followed very similar career paths they were both very dominant women in the ring before they reached WWE and then when they both reached WWE they'd always been compared to one another and such which is why you ended up getting the sisters uh, you know them referred to as the sisters uh, so to say and uh, the Divas of Destruction so anyway I don't know why I'm really rambling on about this match for the sake of it. I'll get it out the way. Um, this is going to be... You know, the faces will go over in this. Always at WrestleMania, it seems, the faces go over when it comes to Divas. Um, because you saw it with the Snooki match. Snooki got the pin. So you can fairly guess that Maria Menounos is going to get the pin here. I would be extremely, extremely shocked uh, if Maria Menounos does not pick up the victory for her team. Moving on, um, Randy Orton versus Kane. Not really interested in this, if I am totally honest. I must say, I haven't been watching SmackDown a great deal uh, the last you know month and a bit, um, which I'm assuming is where most of the build-up for this story is going. I have seen one or two bits on Raw with Randy Orton coming out and doing promos and such, but it just kind of seems that it's came out of a bit of nowhere, because obviously Randy Orton had been put out by Wade Barrett and such. Yes, Wade Barrett is injured, so I'd assumed that maybe would have been what had been penciled uh, for a possibility at Mania. I also heard things that Randy Orton was possibly have gone to face Alberto Del Rio, but because he's still not 100%, they've held him off. Um, Randy Orton versus Wade Barrett at Wrestlemania I'd have been far more interested in but Randy Orton versus Kane I just don't see that it'll be a really good match I could see it being a match that will not get a huge amount of time it'll probably be a 10 minute at most job Um, and if Kane gets pinned it's a case of why did you bring him back as the, the monster in the first place you know he's took him off TV because he had effectively became, and he's referred to it in storyline, as too human. Uh, so if he comes out of WrestleMania here without the victory, you do have to question what was the point of it all. Um, and my prediction is that Randy Orton is going to go over Kian, Um because I don't see them taking this storyline much further after WrestleMania because um, they've got this, you know, big storyline planned out for uh, Lord Tensey 
or Tensai, I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, um, who's meant to be Giant Bernard, Adrian, Albert, um, and word has it that he may face either Randy Orton or John Cena. Uh, that would be interesting, um, and I think it would be a better route for Randy Orton to go after WrestleMania than you know continuing to face Kane, because I just don't find Kane's character interesting anymore. It's, it has just been ruined from that human point, because you're just like, oh right, I all of a sudden has he now went back to being the big red machine? You know, oh, what has he discovered himself sort of thing? I don't really get it myself. I'm not trying to rip him apart, don't get me wrong. Um, Kane has been a fantastic character, but I think he's just getting on more in age than anything else to have a really stellar WrestleMania match with Randy Orton. Um, so I'm going for Randy Orton in that one. Uh, next up, uh, in terms of interest, uh, the Raw versus SmackDown match, or AKA the we don't have anything for these guys, so stick them in a tag team match so they can earn some money at WrestleMania match. Uh, it's Team Teddy, which is Team SmackDown, versus Team Johnny, which is Team Raw. The winner is to determine the general manager of both Raw and SmackDown brands. Team Teddy is Captain Santino Morella, R-Truth, Kofi Kingston, Zack Ryder, The Great Kelly, and Booker T with mascot Hornswoggle. Yep. Uh, Team Johnny, uh, Captain David Otunga, Mark Henry, Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, The Miz, and Drew McIntyre, with mascot Vicky Guerrero. Now, there's a good mix-up in these teams. Um, it's been nice to see Santino Morella been getting a bit more of a push in the last, you know, month and a half, two months, especially since his stellar performance at Elimination Chamber. He really did well for himself. He sold. He had his comebacks. He made you believe that he could actually compete with those guys. He made you believe he could stand toe-to-toe with the best of WWE that WWE has to offer. Um, you believe that he could go in there and he could face off against Chris Jericho, CM Punk, all those guys, and absorb all the damage that they can provide to him. Maybe not stand you know, toe-to-toe in the biggest sense of the word and, you know, throw fists and stuff, but that he can absorb the damage and still have the heart to come back and have a flurry against them, so to say. Because he was extremely close to winning the Elimination Chamber match he was in. Um, Which is obviously, due to the fan reaction he got from that, has led to him, you know, winning another title, you know, winning... At his first title in goodness knows how long, um, because he'd been a comedy character for such a length of time. Um, so, you know, from now to be the reigning United States champion is fantastic for him. Um, other members of his team, again, like I said, R Truth. Um, I'm not really with the R Truth character. I can get the whole, you know, he's kind of talking to imaginary kids and all now, that sort of thing, Jimmy and stuff um, but it just doesn't do anything for me um, his best character was the whole what's up thing because it got the kids involved and stuff and made him very popular um, Kofi Kingston, he's here because obviously he was in 
uh, airborne with Evan Bourne, and Evan Bourne went and messed everything up by uh, having his second uh, wellness policy violation. So it was a case of, what do we do with Kofi? Uh, we'll put him in the Elimination Chamber match, he can do some quick stuff, and then we can put him in this sort of match in the run-up to WrestleMania. Uh, Great Kali, he came back out of nowhere, didn't he? He completely came back out of nowhere. Um, everybody expected him to be... That's him, he's gone, he's retired, that's it. Um, because, unfortunately for Cali, he does look so awkward. You can tell it's getting to him that his joints aren't good and all that sort of stuff for such a big guy. Um, he's always a good and funny character. He's a flipping huge guy. I remember seeing him live in Belfast one time. Boy, is he huge. And he dwarfs Big Show. <laughs> so that's enough said, really. Um, you then have Booker T, the five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion. Um, uh, a welcome addition, I think, actually, Booker T. When I saw it on this week's Raw, that um, when Teddy was getting uh, walked into your corner and then grabbed by Mark Henry, and Booker came in and saved Teddy's rear, um, it's a nice addition to the team. Uh, provide a wee bit of pizzazz, so to say. You know, you've got your past star in there. Um, I think the likes of him and Kofi Kingston will kind of hit it off maybe in this match. It'll be a good wee combination possibly for them. Um, then finally, the final member of Team Teddy is Woo-Woo-Woo, the Long Island Iced Z, Zack Ryder. He deserves to be in this match. There's no two ways about it. Whether you like him or you don't like him, be it his character or whatever, you have to give it to Zack Ryder for getting himself over with the fans. Yes, WWE have tripped up in the last couple of weeks. We under weeks and months even. Um, you know, putting him off TV in the whole John Cena storyline. But he's still coming out and he's still getting a reaction. As long as he maintains TV time he will continue to get the reaction. Um, I still think his US title reign should have been uh, longer than it was. Um, but I understand that they had the plans for that storyline with the whole John Cena thing, so they needed to have the title off him and such. Um, but no, definitely, it's good to see that he will get the payday here at WrestleMania, because for the amount of effort he's put in to get himself over, he deserves it completely. Um, you have Hornswoggle on the outside for them. You know he's going to provide some sort of mischief or something, dealing with Vicky Guerrero or running in the ring to distract somebody. Uh, Team Johnny, David Otunga, is the captain. It's it's kind of good to see David Otunga getting more TV time. Um, he's nearly kind of took up that sort of Chris Nowinski role, the sort of I'm from a really high-class university, now a lawyer sort of type. Um, but there's something about the character I kind of like. Um, it's kind of weird, They need, but they need to kind of advance it and expand it a wee bit if they're going to you know, push him any great distance. Um, sort of, he mentioned in the uh, WrestleMania press conference, you know, I have the best physique since ravishing Rick Rude. If you maybe, you know, and that he was uh, the, what was it, the, like a younger version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you were to do something with that, um, 
continue the whole sophisticated bow tie and jumper sort of lawyer type thing, but also the I am a supreme specimen, so to say, you know, sort of a character, that sort of ravishing Rick Rude sort of get up. Um, I think he could have good potential in the future. Um, next up, you have Mark Henry. Um, Mark also was kind of pretty hurt there in the past few while. He was world heavyweight champion for a period of time, um, but he lost that due to an injury. I think this is a case of he's still getting back into the way of things. He's still sort of he never really got a full proper break for his injury, so they're kind of protecting him a bit. Um, so I think he'll have a good part of this. I think he'll probably um, decimate a lot of guys at one point in this match. It isn't an elimination match from what I have heard. It's just a 12-man tag team match. Um, which means there will be a lot of craziness going on at some point. You know, There'll be finishers hit left, right and centre. You'll always sort of see them in these, what I would categorise as, again, the money spinner for those that don't have anything for, but you know, what was in Money in the Banks of previous years. Uh, so everybody will end up hitting their finishers at some point. Um, Mark Henry will probably hit about three World's Strongest Slams or something on three various people. Uh, next up, you have Dolph Ziggler. How this guy has not got a better match on this card, I do not know. How does he keep getting ignored? He is having some of the best matches on WWE TV why not push him more he could have perfectly fit in as a you know title match at some point on this Wrestlemania card yes you have our two big world title matches and that's because of Royal Rumble and Elimination Chambers and various other different things um, but I just think Ziggler deserves a wee bit more at WrestleMania than he has. Um, he was United States Champion for a hell of a long time. Uh, but uh, it's a case of... He could go that wee extra step. He really could. Um, and to be beside... you know, the end, They've been building up the whole Vicky Rero thing as and she has a stable, but her stable's only a tag team, technically. It's only... Ziggler and Jack Swagger. If you're going to keep him attached to people, build the stable. Build the stable. Get a diva in there or something. Get another person that would fit with the Ziggler you know, opinion of character. His style. His cockiness. Uh, his arrogance. You know, His showing off gimmick that they're going with now. Do something with that. Make it worthwhile. Please. <laughs> Um, but Dolph Ziggler I can see definitely being again a future world champion uh, a lot of people keep forgetting he was a world heavyweight champion for all of a couple of minutes um, but definitely I could see within the next you know maybe 68 months Ziggler being a uh, world champion be it by winning maybe money in the bank pay-per-view or something like that it would be the perfect thing for him uh, then you have Jack Swagger WWE please make your mind up what to do with this guy is he going to be serious or is he going to be a joke? Because he's gone from being beat up by every... Well, sorry. We'll start off even earlier. He's gone from being a guy who has great potential, winning money in the bank, um, 
being world heavyweight champion, having a, a you know an okay run with it, then losing it, and then just falling right the wayside, and then he was kind of used as a bit of a joke, and stuff like that, and then he's kind of built him back up again, and then he won the title from Zack Ryder, and then he lost it to Santino Morella. What direction are you going with him here? I don't really get it. Um, I'm not going to dwell on it too much here, but he's one of those guys you just don't know where they're going to go with him. Do you see him going back to your world title? I don't really. Uh, you have the Miz also in this match. Um, I'm a big Miz fan. You know, don't get me wrong. I know there's people absolutely hate the Miz. Others say he has the X Pack heat. I disagree. Um, it's a case of he's a good heel. What else are people going to boo at? Uh, you know, someone coming out and saying, "I am awesome." You know, being so arrogant and saying, "You know, I am the most watched WWE champion in all time," and stuff like that. He's just got this sort of. Just this little bit extra that makes him hated by the crowd at whatever he does. Again, he's one of these other guys that's kind of went to the wayside a bit in the last couple of months. And uh, all because of WWE's main focus going into this pay-per-view. But it'll be interesting to see how he plays into this match. Um, I could see him if anybody's going to do something to win it for Team Johnny it'll probably be The Miz uh, finally on Team Johnny you have Drew McIntyre whoa what a surprise this is obviously it was originally going to be Christian but he's still slightly injured and they don't want to chance it but it's nice to see Drew McIntyre on Wrestlemania they need to do something with this guy he is a great talent put aside he was married to Tiffany and such and there was stuff that went on there don't punish the guy for it you brought him in as the chosen one. Give him a chance. Give him the push. Give him, a, you know, if you have to build him up with a middle level title again, go for it. But take your opportunity with him. He could be like a Seamus. He could be a really good UK guy. The likes of with Wade Barrett and Seamus. It really could work. Um, who's going to win this match? It could go either way in my opinion, but I think Team Johnny will probably come out on top simply because it will provide more entertainment in terms of going forward um, on TV. Uh, If Teddy wins, it'll just be all sunshine and rainbows. At least I think if we go the Team Johnny route, don't get me wrong, I hate the John Laurinaitis character, but that's what it's designed to do, so I understand that completely. Um... So I think for TV and interest and heat and such, I think Team Johnny will go over in this match um, somehow. Um, it could swing either way, like I say. But I just think if you go the Teddy route and it's all sunshine and rainbows, I don't think the storyline would progress much better. Um, whereas it's better for the faces to be chasing the heel in Laurinaitis. Uh, moving on then to Cody Rhodes versus The Big Show. 
Uh, the build-up to this match has actually been really entertaining for me. Cody Rhodes is a great character. Um, he's went from being dashing Cody Rhodes to this sort of depressed and scared guy who fell out his face, had been blown apart effectively by a shot from Rey Mysterio's uh, knee brace. Um, having to wear the mask. We saw that last year's WrestleMania, him wearing the mask against Rey Mysterio and stuff. Um, and now he's come back and progressed to, he's not dashing Cody Rhodes anymore. Um, he is just this character, this, you could call it cocky character, but I just, it's just got another level to it. There's good potential with that. Um, also, he brought back the classic style Intercontinental title. How can you not love that? How can you not love that? With the white strap and all on it. I think that's fantastic. It, again, suits the character that he says he is building up the legacy of the Intercontinental title again from it being down in the dumps. It's It basically addressed everything people have been saying in the last years is that the Intercontinental title has been shoved into the mud and the dirt in terms of how it is taken, you know, it isn't took it wasn't took serious or anything like that. For years it used to be the workman's title in the WWE. You know, it was defended night in, night out and stuff like that. So Cody claims he is going to bring it back. He is doing a fantastic job. He has been that champion for a flip I don't know how long now. And the thing is, I'm not getting bored of it one bit. Now the build-up here with Big Show is that Cody's going, ha, you've never had a great WrestleMania moment. You've always done embarrassing things, or you've got beaten and stuff like that. Giving examples, putting them up in the Titantron, the likes of Big Show versus Yokozuna. Not Yokozuna. <laughs> Big Show versus Zaki Bono. Um, Big Show versus Floyd Mayweather. Big Show spending WrestleMania at WWE New York. All these sort of things, basically to wind Big Show up saying, you haven't had a good WrestleMania moment, I'm better than you, all that sort of stuff. Plus he's finally took to Twitter, which is very good, and he's actually been using Twitter to help build the storyline, recording these sort of tweet videos and such like that, that have been working really, really well. I don't get bored with the Cody Rhodes character, it really is good. And when he does that smile, it's so funny because you're just like, you just you, if you knew that that guy, that character was real, you would just slap them across the face. You're just like, don't be an arrogant twat. Wise up. Um, my prediction is that Cody Rhodes goes over in this match. Um, that he will continue to be Intercontinental Champion for a while, and then go on to fight for a world title at some stage in 2012. Fingers crossed. Next up is this match. We'll just play a little audio and you'll figure it out for yourself. Undertaker will absolutely do anything to keep that streak alive, but JR, we know nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. Undertaker could not leave the ring under his own power. He was carried 
walked out was Gary. And it was me. this far down on my list of matches. I have virtually zero interest for this match. The reason it is further up on my list is simply because I know it's going to be a good match. It's Triple H. It's Undertaker. They're in Hell in a Cell. Shawn Michaels is the special guest referee. But where my interest goes away is this is the third encounter between these two. WrestleMania 17 WrestleMania last year, WrestleMania this year now. I don't get it. I don't see the point of it. I feel that there's nothing to be gained from this match um, at all. They're saying it's an end of an era, but, you know, I can get, if Triple H goes over Undertaker, Undertaker will be gone. That will be the last you see of him before a long time and then eventually gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's, you know, I get that. But, they're saying it's an end of an era. If Undertaker beats Triple H, thus, you know, in inverted commas, ending the career of Triple H, ending the era, how's it going to work? Because if it's meant to be an end of an era, that's meaning, like, they're done, they're gone, that's it, they're out. But Triple H is COO, and his character will come back to TV, so... And you know, and the Undertaker then will keep going. Uh, chances are we will see him in at least one more WrestleMania match next year. So, it, you know, it wouldn't really be an end of an era because yes, Triple H maybe mightn't be wrestling anymore, but he'd still be on TV. So you've still got the character and stuff. Um, it's it'll be a good match. Don't get me wrong, it will no doubt be a good match. It's Hell in a Cell as well with these two. These two are Hell in a Cell experts. But again, two years back-to-back, Triple H and Undertaker, I think it's just wore a wee bit thin now, especially in that the Shawn Michaels and Undertaker match is fantastic, but to have four WrestleManias, the last four WrestleManias, to have two back-to-back matches with the same opponent over those four years is, like, you kind of want a wee bit of variety more than anything. You can tell that WWE doesn't want to put a young guy, be it a Sheamus or, you know, whoever, in a match against Undertaker because they feel maybe pressured that they have to put them over against the Undertaker. Um, I don't know. We'll see where this goes in the next year. I'm predicting an Undertaker victory. I really don't see them going to the point that Triple H will go over. I think there's going to be something interesting in that Shawn Michaels I don't know whether to say screws Triple H or something. 
there's been the whole thing that Undertaker says that Sean is better than Triple H, which is true, we all know that. Um, but whether Triple H will snap at Sean or something like that because Undertaker you know, keeps goading him during the match saying Sean's better than you and stuff like that. Um, and then Sean will snap and switch in music Triple H and be like, oh, right, wait, I've just done that sort of thing. Or he will just do a quick count or something and see where it goes in that terms. Um, but yeah, Undertaker will come out of this match victorious, in my opinion. Um, I can see this match going fairly long. They're probably going to use Sean in some way to keep the time going because obviously last year's Wrestlemania there was a lot of lying down in their match um, you know be it after taking uh, the shot through a table and all that sort of stuff um, but there was a lot of lying down because these guys obviously can't go non-stop for 20-25 minutes 30 minutes like a CM Punk and a John Cena would um, so yeah decent match but probably mm, forgettable eventually in the grand scheme of Undertaker's Wrestlemania career um, we shall see for those of you wondering <clears throat> Alan you're just giving me your predictions at the minute where's Chris's well I have Chris's on hand everybody so don't panic Chris's predictions are here in front of me so I will update you on what he has predicted for these matches as you know, in comparison to myself. Um, in terms of the matches we are we've got up to so far, so we've done the Kelly Kelly, Marina Munoz, Beth Phoenix versus Eve Torres match. Chris has went for Beth and Eve. Opposite choice to me. I have went for Kelly Kelly and Maria Menounos. He has also though went for Team Johnny in the Teddy Long versus John Laurinaitis uh tag team match. He also agrees with me that Randy Orton will go over Kean. He so far has been the Davis match because again he agrees with me in the Triple H for Undertaker match that Undertaker will go over. So there's only a couple of matches left here. There's only three matches left that our opinions can differ. And those are Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus CM Punk versus Chris Jericho and The Rock versus John Cena. So we will start these final three with Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus. They're the next one on my list of interest, so to say. Um I think this is gonna be good. It's a match that was the dark match at last year's WrestleMania and it is now one of the three main events you could consider well three main events maybe four main events you could really call it that it is a main event match that was a dark match and it's for a World Heavyweight Championship it's hard to believe that in the space of a year they can go from being the dark match to fighting for a World Heavyweight Championship fair play to them like you have to give it to them um, it might be the first time it's ever happened I've never heard of anything like this that two guys can go from having the dark match at a previous year's like the last year's Wrestlemania and then be fighting for the world title 
at the next year's WrestleMania. It's it is outstanding. Um, it's nice to see uh, Sheamus getting an extra push again. It's nice to see him back up there. Uh, he's working well as a face. It just shows you um, you can have an Irish guy who's face and not need a leprechaun to uh, run about the place. As simple as that. Any examples? The Finley story. Yeah, it 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 just wasn't needed at all. Um, I think this is going to be one of those sort of sleeper matches you will be surprised with the quality that will come out of it Daniel Bryan is effectively the modern day Dean Malenko in terms of you know he can do thousands and thousands of different moves Um, he has that indie background he is an absolute specialist at moves that you don't usually see um, Seamus is your big bruiser sort. He can move well for the size of him. He was Triple H's protege, so to say. So I think this is going to be a big surprise for WrestleMania. And it is one I am really, really looking forward to. In terms of my prediction, I am predicting Seamus to win. Because it makes sense for the story going forward. If there's going to be anything for the story to go forward with I think Daniel Bryan needs to lose the title now maybe win it back at some other stage but he needs to lose it now so I'm going with Sheamus for the victory in this match and if I look at Chris's list in front of me yes he has gone for Sheamus as well so that's again another one in agreement the only one we have disagreed with so far is the diva one Ugh. this isn't going well this isn't going well um, next up is CM Punk versus Chris Jericho for the WWE Championship and, so to say, the title of Best in the World. Um, this match has had a fantastic build-up, I have to say. I have been really enjoying it, the whole Chris Jericho coming back and, you know, it'll be the end of the world as you know it building into the Royal Rumble, everybody thinking in the Royal Rumble it's a dead cert, Jericho's going to win and you're watching the Royal Rumble and you see it's Jericho and Sheamus in the final two and you're like, yeah yawn, Jericho's going to win wow and then, bang Sheamus puts Jericho over the top rope and you're like, what? that was a master stroke by WWE to allow this story to build in a completely different fashion to the typical I'm the Royal Rumble winner I want to face you at Wrestlemania so they went from the Royal Rumble into the Elimination Chamber Jericho getting eliminated from the Chamber uh, in an unnormal fashion Punk kicking him him falling out whacking his head going unconscious and getting eliminated due to doctor's orders so that then meant that that gave Jericho an out. Technically, he wasn't beaten by CM Punk in that elimination chamber. And then Jericho comes, beats Punk up, and then starts bringing his family into it and all sorts of saying, your dad was an alcoholic, your sister's a druggie, all that sort of stuff. Um, it really has worked well. It's been the first time you've seen CM Punk really, you could say, personally loses cool in character um, because you've seen you know you've seen an angry CM Punk 
but this is a different type of angry CM Punk. It's really, you can see it's been a fantastic build for it. And I can see this um, rivalry going on for another month or two or three, maybe even at least. It is a good story between these two guys. They are two of the best in the world. Punk is the current best in the world, in my opinion. Um, followed by Jericho. It's a case of these two can blow the roof off this place. Well, if it had a roof. <laughs> um, this will be a real crowd pleaser in my opinion. It'll be technically fantastic. I think there'll be th some surprises in it as well. Um, who do I go with? This is the hard thing. I think I'm going to go for CM Punk. I can't, I can't go for Jericho, um, because if Sheamus is winning the World Heavyweight Title, I doubt they would change two World Titles in a night. I really can't see them changing two World Titles in a night. Part of me kind of would like Jericho to win it, but I think that Punk winning it would be best for the storyline. And Chris agrees with me again. He's gone for CM Punk. Final match is this match. I think The Rock may have cost John Cena the WWE Championship. There's a lot of people that are upset about a certain someone's actions last night at WrestleMania. I didn't think that certain someone would actually decide the winner of the main event at WrestleMania. After hearing him speak for so very long, you can't shoot me. It's obvious that I have not earned his respect. Check it, yeah. It's obvious that he doesn't like me very much. You can't shoot me. What are you playing, peekaboo? That certain someone became involved in business. My business. Which means that certain someone and I have business of our own to settle right now. John Cena, what you think was going to happen? John Cena with Rock on top! You knew payback was coming. Attitude adjustment to the Rock! Things have gone to a whole new level. It all started with you, John Cena, calling me a liar when I say I love the WWE. John Cena, I said exactly how I feel about you. You come out here with your bright-ass purple shirt, your bright green shirt, bright orange shirt, you run around here looking like a big fat bowl of fruity pebbles. And what do you do in response? You rap. I wasn't talking trash, Rock. I was talking truth. You left us hanging high and dry to play a fairy with a tooth? That's your rules. Know it. You tell these people that you love them. I'm here every week to show it. Make them chant your name. Give us all a fun night. But don't ever call me out again, dude, because that's bringing a knife to a gunfight. Word life. Has The Rock talked trash about you? Yeah. You bet your candy ass he did. But you're wrong about one thing, John Cena. 
You're wrong about respect. The Rock knows that you live and breathe the WWE. It's because of that drive that you have become one of the greatest WWE champions of all time. But it doesn't change the fact that The Rock just doesn't like you. Look at us, John Cena. We are completely opposite. But the truth is, we're very similar. One thing, and that is the fact that whatever it is that John Cena does, whatever it is that The Rock does, they want to do it the absolute best, better than anyone, period. Listen, we've both said the time for talk is over. You are the people's champ. Listen to the people. Because they want us to talk, because they want a match. And it's not just a match. The Rock says we make history. A match where generations collide. We make the biggest matchup of all time. John Cena versus The Rock on the grandest stage in the world. WrestleMania 28, the main event. Do you want to talk about it? Or do you want to bring it? The People's WrestleMania. Two of WWE's most important eras will clash in the biggest main event in WrestleMania history. It is the match the world wanted. The match WWE Universe demanded the match we've never thought we'd see will happen at WrestleMania 28. Yes, John Cena versus The Rock. The match is finally here. We've been waiting so long for this. The last couple of years there's been banter or slagging matches going back and forth between these two guys and then finally in the last year and a bit it finally came on to WWE TV we've had the year long build yes there's been dips and you know The Rock hasn't been involved we get that um, this is I don't know what to think I'm praying that it is a fantastic match I've heard The Rock has been training really really hard um, I really hope it can live up to the hype because this is effectively this generation's Rock Hogan you know all the kids nowadays have come up with Cena whereas the rest of us were you know very much invested in the Hogan and Rock one because they were just the guys of their time it's like we've moved on one step in the generation aspect. You know, Hogan was the huge guy in the 80s and 90s. Then The Rock came in in the Attitude and he was the guy in the Attitude era. And those, you know, late, you know, 90s into 2000s and all that sort of stuff. Um, now we have Cena who is the guy who came in, you know, around and after the time The Rock left. And he became the man. Now it's 
a case of the way Hogan passed the baton to The Rock and said, yep, you're the guy. Does The Rock end up in that same situation? Does he end up in the Hogan position? Um, I don't really know. It's it'll, it's an interesting one which way they'll go. I could see them having another match. I could see this ending up being a best of three sort of situation. You know, one wins one, one wins the other, and then we get to a final one where it'll be a decider. Just all depends probably on Rock's availability. Um, but for this, I know a lot of people like myself have been huge rock fans but I can also see the points that that uh, John Cena is putting across in terms of you know you're not there you disappear you said you were coming home but you've left again and then you've come back again and all that sort of stuff um, I am not a John Cena fan but I do agree with some of his points but some of the stuff that The Rock brings across is just fantastic and true um I think in this match there's going to be some sort of interference. I don't think there's any way they can get out of this without there being some sort of interference with it, you know, to keep somebody, you know, keep somebody their face, you know, to not lose, you know, cleanly as such. The match will have somebody involved in it. There's no other way about it. Um, Chris has gone for the rock in this match, and I will have to go for The Rock as well. I, I just think there's... I just think it would be awful to go with the scenery route because it just slams this build-up. I think it would work far better if Cena comes out of this the, you know, the loser because then he'll be, you know, it could do something extra for his character. It could, you know, spur something on on TV and build into another match with The Rock so yeah it'll be fantastic it is the one everybody is looking forward to I'm looking forward to it Chris is looking forward to it Hayley's looking forward to it Michael will be looking forward to it everybody will be looking forward to it and when you're listening to this it will be little more than 24 hours away so I look forward to it I hope you are too so that's it for episode 45 of Operation Retroshock another one of our Wrestlemania specials our third one it may have just been me and I'm sorry for probably boring the half of you for what over an hour or so of me chatting away but uh, I just wanted to give you my opinions on what and all has been happening uh, we haven't had much of a wrestling show here on <laughs> the Operation Retroshock stream for a while so hope you enjoyed it um, and let's hope that everything pays off for this WrestleMania and it is a good one it has the potential fingers crossed there's only one match that me and Chris disagree on so our first year we drew the second year I won this year there's only one match that can decide who wins and who loses so Kelly Kelly Maria Menounos, I'm pulling for you. See you next time, folks. Voices in the air, I hear them loud and clear, telling me to listen. Whispers in my ear.